Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out your sermon notes you got when you came in today. We love God's word. We love this series as we are diving through the miracles of Jesus, looking at many of the 37 miracles throughout the scriptures and how they apply to our life. And what I've loved is throughout this series how we are continually seeing miracles break out in people's lives and healings in their body and restoration in relationships and healing in people's minds. Can we just take a second and thank him that he's still a miracle worker today? Amen? He's a miracle worker. Today's miracle is unique because I've never preached on it. I really never even studied this miracle until this message. And I'm telling you, it's something that applies to all of our life lives so you it will help you we're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 17 a miracle you probably heard about before definitely never heard it broken down I think it'll help you today in chapter 17 we're going to be in verse 24 says it like this after Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum now Capernaum was kind of home base for Jesus's ministry most of the miracles that Jesus did happened around Capernaum it's around that area And it says it like this, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax. Now pause there for just a second because I know you know what the two drachma temple tax is, but your neighbor might not know what it is. So let me help you figure out what the two drachma temple tax is. First of all, two drachma is about two days worth of wages. The tax is not like a a political, a government tax. They were run by the Romans and the Romans had their own tax. This was a religious tax. This was brought on by the church, and made if you were called yourself a Jewish person, then you had to pay this Jewish tax that was, that was there to support the temple. So it helped with the upkeep of the temple. This wasn't the tithe. This wasn't an offering. This was a required tax. So we've thought about doing this as part of radiance structure. <laughs> That would not go over very well. So, no, we have the most generous church. They're amazing. But anyway, they do this tax to update and keep the temple going. Now, look what happens. So they come with a two-drachma temple tax, and they came to Peter and asked, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Now, they're trying to get him. They're trying to, like, catch him. Is, is Jesus, he's Jewish, is he actually paying this tax? And it says it like this. And then Peter says, yes, he does. Now, I don't know if Peter actually knew that. But Peter's one of those guys that's just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover for Jesus. Of course he does. Then he gets home to the house, and Jesus was the first one to speak. It's almost like Jesus knew he was just trying to make something up for him. And he says, what do you think, Simon? Now, that could be taken two different ways, right? It's like, what are you thinking, Simon? That's kind of what we've heard him say multiple times. But he's like actually asking Simon, what do you think? Do we need to pay this tax? And then Jesus gives a breakdown of it. Now, I know you're like, why are we talking about this? It'll make sense in a second. Listen to this. He says, from whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? In other words, if you're the king and you have a society that you need to collect taxes from, are you collecting taxes from your kid? And the answer is, of course, no. You're going to collect it from other people. He says, you're going to collect it from others. And then he says, Jesus says, then the children are exempt. In other words, if if the father owns it, the child is exempt. That's what he just said. And Jesus said, okay, let me just tell you why he said that. So who owns the temple? God. Who's his son? Jesus. 
So does Jesus need to pay for the temple that Jesus built and created by God? No, there's no reason to. But then he says this phrase, I want you to get this. He says, but that, so that we may not cause offense. Like there's a reason behind this. Go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth and you'll find a four drachma coin in there. Take it and give it to them for my tax and for yours. Now put, put yourself in the picture, all right? Now there's a weird story. Put yourself in the picture. Jesus says, we're gonna pay this tax. The way we're gonna pay the tax is, Peter, you're gonna go down to the lake, you're gonna throw the line in, you're gonna fish, you're gonna catch a fish, and when you catch that fish, you're gonna open up its mouth. Now you gotta imagine, Peter must have felt like a total idiot <laughs> as he's walking to the lake, and he's going, this is the stupidest thing. He's the creator of the universe. Why didn't he just create a four-drop McCoy? But instead, he's making me go catch this fish. And he goes and throws his line in, catches the first fish, opens the fish mouth, and there, there's a four-drop McCoy. Four days worth of wages in that, in that fish's mouth. How many know, if it was me, I'd throw another line in. Let's catch another fish in Jesus' name. This is a story that you need to hear for your life because it shows us a lot about God's heart. I titled today's miracle, The Miracle of Provision. I wanna talk to you about provision. I wanna talk to you about the fact that we serve a God who wants to provide for his people. I don't know what you're dealing with right now or what you're battling right now, but our God provides. And no matter if it's relationally that you're in lack or whether it's in your emotions or whether it's in your finances or at your job, we serve a God who provides. The reality is, is we take one or two extremes in the world today. When we have lack in our life, we either try to hustle our way out of it. We're gonna work hard, work hard, work hard. The problem with that is the more you work hard, the more you get drained and you find yourself exhausted and burned out. Then the other side is not to work hard, but to just give up. Throw your hands up. This isn't gonna work. I'm not gonna make it through there. And you get depressed and you get frustrated and you become a victim and you say things never work out for me. Those are the two options the world has for lack. Work yourself to death or just kind of give up. I want to present a third option today, and the third option is that we serve a God who can provide for his people. Can I hear a good amen? <laughs> Write it down your notes this way, because Jesus isn't just our savior, he is also our provider, and he does it, and he does it in unique ways. Katie and I, when we got married, uh, we went on a honeymoon, and when we got on a honeymoon, we were so broke, okay, so broke. She wasn't working yet. She had just graduated from from her, got her nursing degree and she hadn't got a job yet and we were so broke. We had just done the wedding. Her parents paid for the wedding and then my parents gave us a check for um, the honeymoon. So it was like a big check. So I did what every smart 26 year old did is I didn't cash it in and like pay off bills. I went on like an amazing vacation because <laughs> it's just what you do. So we flew to California. I mean, totally, totally extravagant, bizarre. Flew to California, took a cruise out of California to the west side of Mexico, like elaborate. We didn't have a dime to our name. And we're there just living the dream on this cruise. Now, they give you these cards if you go on a cruise where you can charge everything to it. <laughs> it's amazing. Until the end of the cruise. The end of the cruise, we get this bill of all this stuff that Katie had charged to this stuff. Not a chance, not a chance. And I remember like, freaking out. Like we had to say, I'm like, Katie, I was freaked out. I was like, this is unbelievable. The amount, I didn't have any money. And the amount of money that it went on that card, it maxed out my credit card. 
So we get off the cruise and my credit card's maxed out, maxed out and I don't have a dime in my account. And we've still got two days left on this honeymoon in Southern California. And I'm sitting there battling my mind, what in the world am I gonna do? What in the world am I gonna do? Now, the, the solution for that was, I was like, I gotta call my parents. I gotta call my parents or her parents. What a great way to start your wedding, your marriage, right? Like, hey, call the in-laws, get them to wire you money. That'll really work out really well for the marriage. And I had this moment where I had, I did, remember, it's one extreme or another. What do you do when you're in Latin? And I had this moment where I prayed. And I was like, God, I need you to come through. Help your boy out. <laughs> Can't look poor already. Like, help me. And, and, and the crazy idea to me, I'm telling you, it was a total God idea, came to me. And this is what I'm, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to show you how God can be your provider. In the moment of that, I started thinking about it. I was like, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How, provide. And then I thought, there was 300 people came to our wedding. 300 people came to They all gave those cards. Where are those cards at? So I called my buddy. I said, I need your help. I need you to break into my house. I need you to find all those cards. He went through every one of my wedding cards and found all the cash. Come on, somebody. Deposit it in my account. God provided for your boy right there. Provided for your boy. You go, well, that sounds stupid. You will be shocked how God will provide for your issues and your needs in your life. The Bible says it this way. My God will meet all your needs. Now, I want you to say this word out loud. How many of the needs? All. Now, at every location, I need you to help me. How many of your needs? All. All your needs according to the riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. It's not based off of what's going on on Wall Street, what's going on in the economy, what's going on in Washington, D.C., or what's going on with your company you're in right now. God meets your needs based off his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. That's the God that we serve. David wrote it this way in the Psalm. He said, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Like, like God will take care of you. I love this one. Jesus says, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Isn't that the world we're in today? I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. And somebody, and I just want your attention across all locations, Somebody walked in with a weight of worry of the finances, of material things, of issues in your life. And I'm telling you, God says, don't worry about them anymore. Don't worry. For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows what you need in your life. I, I, I grew up with this phrase and I wanted to give it to you today in case you never heard it. Because as we follow God, we understand where God guides, he provides. He provides, and that's the good God that we serve. And then through every season, whether it was my honeymoon or, or moving to Tampa or this next season, what God has for us, I've learned that we serve a God, that if he guides you in the next season, he will provide for you. He will take care of you. That's why we're not stingy when it comes to giving. That's why we don't pull back when it comes to our generosity. I love how Paul says, each of you should give what you've decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know why we're cheerful? Because we didn't make it happen in the first place. God provided it for us. He provided it. And look what it says. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, no matter the economy, no matter what's going on in your life, he, listen, it says, you will have all that you need and you'll be able to abound in every good work. God has good work in store for your life. And where he leads you to it, he will provide you for it. So how do we make this happen? I'm gonna give you three keys from this story. Because remember I told you the two, the two extremes, 
You just throw your hands up and go, it's never gonna work. Or you just hustle your way in and you get burned out. There's a third way, and I wanna show you what it is to see provision in your life, and I think this is gonna help you. Ready? Number one, you gotta understand, if you wanna experience miracles of provision, you gotta check your motives. Check your motives. Why do you want more finances? Why do you want that relationship? Why do you want a bigger house? None of those things are bad. But the question is, why do you want it? And if you can't check your motives, and if you have the wrong, let me tell you, God won't bless wrong motives. So you can say what your motive is, but you know what the reality is. And you've got to check your motives going, what is it that I really want? Why do I want this in my life? So why did Peter want that coin in the fish's mouth? Why did Jesus want these finances? Remember, Jesus didn't have like money just laying around. So why did he need these finances? Why did he want them? Remember, he had a motive behind it. What was his motive? Look what it said in the scriptures. And you might've missed it when you read it. I want you to get this. This is why Jesus had the miracle of provision. Ready? So that we may not cause offense. Do you hear that? So there's a miracle needed. And he says, the reason we're gonna go after this money is so that we don't have offense towards this world. Now, I think this is interesting. I wanna pause here for just a second. What does this mean? Because really we have a world where Jesus says, listen, does the father, if the father um, owns it, does the son have to pay the tax? The answer is no. So the father owns the the temple. Does Jesus have to pay the the tax? No, but he says, but because I'm here for a greater purpose, because I do not wanna cause offense to these people that I'm trying to reach, I'm gonna pay this thing. Let me tell you this, you wanna see God's blessing in your life? Live your life with the motive to always reach people for Christ. Always. What is your motive? What is the desire you have? Many of us, I wish we could make this a staple line for our life in 2023, is this just a simple line. I'm not here to cause offense. I'm done cause. We have such a culture war between Christians and the world out there today. And it seems like our primary objective and what gets the most likes on social media and what gets everybody cheering the most is the most offensive phrase that can be made. And I'm telling you, here's what it's doing. It's making us win with our points. We're winning points and we're losing people. So so let me just challenge you this way, ready? Because the gospel is offensive. It is offensive. It's an offensive message. You, You gotta think, every Sunday I gotta come up here and tell people, listen, Christ died for your sins. He rose again. You've got to turn from your sin. You've got to abandon your life. You've got to follow him. You've got to die every day and you've got to lay your life down and make him Lord and Savior. That's an offensive message. But I just, I wrote it down this way. You can share an offensive gospel without being an offensive person. Like that's why I throw in cat jokes. But it's like, there's just so, I don't understand. Why? Because I want people to laugh. I want people to have a good time. Why? I want them to laugh so much that they're opening their mouth laughing and then I could be able to shove truth right down it. That's the purpose of it all. Like, why are we doing at the movies? It's so dumb to do that. Like, you know why? Because I want to build any bridge I can with a lost and dying world that needs Christ. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't get this whole world where we want to make our whole life about, man, I, we're right, we're right, we're right, we're right in this political issue, this social, social issue, this thing. We're right, 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 right. And Jesus would say he was right, but he still decided to do something that, that would build a bridge to the world so that he could reach them for him. Like, that's a big deal. You've got to understand there's a reason behind what we're doing. There's a way that we're, why am I always challenging you? Love people, care for them, be kind. 
Like, just be really nice to people. And you're like, why, why, why? Why? Because they're a lost and dying world that we're trying to reach for Christ. That's why Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they, they, here's the deal, is we've demonized they. We talk bad about they. They are against us. They are after our kids. They, and you know who they are. They's the opposite of whatever political bent you have. They's the opposite of whatever neighborhood you grew up in. They's the opposite of, it's the people you don't understand. They, and you think they are the enemy. They are actually our target. They is who we've called to reach. I wish we had this kind of desire that Jesus has that we're not trying to be offensive to they. We're actually trying to reach they that they may see your good deeds and do what and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I just say it this way? Guard your heart from being offended with the very people God has called you to reach. And, And I get it, I get it. The world is crazy out there today. It is bizarre out there today, but they're also our target that God's called us to reach. And as long as God's got me at this church and God's got me leading this thing, we're gonna be a church that's focused on reaching they and the lost and broken people out there that need Christ. Check your motives, check your motives. Your motives should always be rooted in eternity and reaching people for Jesus. So so you go, well, I just wanna be blessed financially. If it's rooted in the fact that you wanna reach more people for Christ, I can see God blessing that. If it's rooted in I just want my life more comfortable, well, then you signed up for the wrong thing. Christianity and comfort don't mix. I preached on that last week. Number two, ready? Is how how are you gonna see God's provision in your life? Embrace your gifts, embrace your gifts. God has uniquely gifted you in a certain way, and that gift is key to the blessing and provision that God wants to bring in your life. So I I say it this way all the time. You learn this in next steps. You're weird on purpose. That's good news for some of y'all. Like you have a unique gift on purpose. Like like the way that you design your design is on purpose because God uniquely designed you with some kind of gift. And here's the thing about that gift. He wants to use that gift to bring you provision. That's how he uses it. He, he wants you to use your strength for this. Notice what he says to Peter, all right? Look at our story. He says, so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line. Now, thank God he didn't say that to me. Thank God that he didn't go, Aaron, I'm gonna provide for you there on your honeymoon. Here's what you do, buy a fishing pole. Like, well, God, what store would I find that at? And put a hook on the line. Well, God, can you miraculously do it for me? Because I did not learn this. And you got to think, Peter knew this. And I I think it's so amazing because Peter got the fishing pole. And and like, he didn't have to go find one. You know why? Because Peter was a, (laughs) isn't it interesting? God used his gifts to provide for him. So Peter gets the fishing pole and he's all excited. He's like, oh yeah, Jesus, you want me to go and you want me to go fishing? I, listen, I can do that. You want to provide for me that way? All right, let's try this. This will be fun. All right, and so Peter goes and takes the, the gift that he's got. All right, now this might fail. If you're over there, just pay attention, please. All right, ready? And then he, oh, that didn't work. Too. Oh, good, good, good. That was the best one I did all day. Hit a lady in the other service, so. Praying for her healing after. And then. Teach you to be on your phone during church. And Peter used his gift, and you know what he did? As he started using his gift, and he started, oh my, there it is. Oh, it's, 
It's, there we go, okay? And we're working on it. And, and it snagged a little bit, but then he, as, as it started going, he started to reel the fish in. <laughs> and you gotta think, this guy, had, <laughs> and we caught him by the tail, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural miracle. Of, <laughs> You, you might have caught fish never by the tail like this, and so <laughs> powerful. <laughs> it's awesome. And you got to think Peter had probably reeled in hundreds, I don't know, thousands of fish before. But this one was different because it was Jesus-directed. You might have done your job for years, but your job's going to be different when it's Jesus-directed. You might have worked the same thing, the same, you might have been the same teller at the same place for so long, but it's different when Jesus marks it. Because when Jesus tells you to do it, I'm telling you, now what was natural becomes supernatural and God's provision is in it. Let me, let me just say it this way, all right? Let me help you. So if you're, if you're 22 years old and someone shared this message with you, it's only for this part right here. Forget all the rest of the message. This is it, ready? Your job that you have is not a punishment from God. It's God's way of providing for you. I need you to hear that. So you're sitting there and go, I can't stand it. It's the fishing pole that God's put in your hand. So you, you don't understand it. And your fishing pole looks different. Some of y'all looks like a scalpel. Some of y'all looks like Excel documents. Some of y'all, it looks like a, a, a camera. Some of y'all, looks, it looks like some kind of program, an app. But I'm telling you, your job is God's way of providing for you. So what you need to do is you don't need to despise your job. You need to invest in your job and you need to invest in what God has for you. And you don't, need to, you don't need to envy everybody else's gift. You need to embrace your gift and you need to say, isn't it interesting? I, I didn't say this in any other service. Listen, isn't it interesting the guy that wrote this was the tax collector? Matthew wrote this passage. The tax collector wrote, and can you imagine he said, if I was writing this, I would probably write something along the lines of, and because he didn't know anything about money, he had to use his little fishing pole to go around there. No, no, we're not, we're not competing with our jobs. We're here to celebrate each other. We're here to use what God's given us, the gifts that God's given us, because, because how God provides for you and how God provides for me is so different. That's because he's such a personal God. And I love this about it. It says, it's you need to invest in your job. Uh, the Bible says it this way. To one, he gave five bags of gold, the other two bags, and the other one bag. And you go, well, that's not fair. Well, welcome to the kingdom of God and welcome to life because he actually distributes it not based on what's fair, but based on their, you hear it? Look at it, based on their ability. So as their ability grew, guess what? Their ability to handle more grew. So, so I think it's so interesting that God used a fishing pole for Peter because that's what his ability was. So your life, as you grow your ability, watch how God will bless your life. St. Augustine says it this way, God provides the wind, but man must raise the sail. <laughs> so some of you are like, God bless me. I'm, come on. I grew up in a culture that was like, God, the check's in the mail. The check's in the mail. The check's in the mail. And God's like, the check is every two weeks you get paid at your work. That's where the check is at. Stop looking for a supernatural check in the mail and roll up your sleeves and do a little dirty work and see how God will bless your life when you actually just start going fishing and doing what God's called you to do. So let me just help you, okay? Okay, because I'm so passionate about this. There's such a loss of work ethic in the world today. So what I did is I just wanted to help you. And I gave you the 10 rules to live by in your job. 
And if you go, well, I've just never promoted, I've never looked at it, I've never celebrated, here's your 10 things. These are Aaron Burks, now yours might be better, but here's the 10 things that I do. I'm teaching these to my kids. I'm helping my staff with these. Here's the things, ready? Show up on time. How about that one? So, so just don't, don't stroll in late with a Starbucks in your hand going, man, I made it. Like, no, show up on time. You're, you're on time. Watch how your life will be blessed. Be self-motivated. How about that one? So don't wait for your boss to ask you and like have to give you another pep talk every two weeks of like, are you sure you're okay? Are you gonna be all right? No, 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 I'm motivated. I'm self-motivated. I'm where I'm called to be. Here's the third one, ready? Check your attitude. Like we don't wanna try to figure out what version of you we gotta, that we're in, coming in contact with every day. So it's like, okay, is he the happy version? Or is he the sad version of you? Like is she gonna be happy? To, well, which one is it? No, check your attitude. I have the same attitude of Christ Jesus. I'm here to serve. Here's a fourth one, ready? Go the extra mile. So don't, we don't cut corners. We don't do it halfway. We go the extra mile. Here's the, the fifth one, ready? Say yes to side projects. You wanna see your life get blessed? It's crazy who gets promoted. It's, now, now, you gotta have boundaries. I'm all about boundaries. That's another message for another day. Some of you, you have so many boundaries, that's the reason you're not promoted. <laughs> so I, gotta, I gotta protect me. Well, you're, you're gonna be broke, you. Number six, be a peacemaker. Nobody promotes the drama king or the drama queen at a business, ever. You know what? As a manager, I'm looking for the person that can lead well, that can manage the tension, that can manage the chaos. Not someone that's always, you know, why? Did you hear about this? No, no, they squash the drama. Here's number seven, ready? It's, it's super biblical, it's super big, ready? Stay off your phone. It's real practical. Some of y'all, you just... You go, I just don't know why I'm not promoted because every time your boss looks at you, you're scrolling back on TikTok. Just stay off your phone for, while you're at work. Here's number eight. I know this isn't like what you came here for, but it'll help you. Um, ask for feedback. Ask for feedback. Like, like there's ways that, you, there's things that you're doing that they would tell you how to correct it if you would just ask them. My pastor always told me, you only step into someone's life the amount they'll allow you. So I said, okay, I'm never, I'm never gonna give the feedback unless I ask for it. So you should ask for feedback. Here's number nine, ready? Publicly celebrate others, including your boss. So don't, don't gossip about them, celebrate them. Champion, I've just found that in life, when I champion other people, God champions me. He does. Number 10, I know you've been waiting for this one because that's where the phones come out, ready? Number 10, <laughs> pray regularly for your coworkers and company. I'm smiling because I know I'm in some shots right now. All of our campuses. But let me tell you, that list right there, I don't, I don't care if you're a chiropractor or a CPA or a cashier. You do those 10 things right there, God will bless your life. God will bless your life because you're gonna invest in your work. Let, let me just write it down this way. Ready? As Christians, we should do our best in every area of our lives because everything we do is for the Lord. Every single thing. Every single thing we do. I'm just, I was raised that way. Everything I'm gonna do is for the Lord. That's how I'm gonna do it. Number three, are y'all still with me? Say yes. yes. All right, here's the last one. We'll close with this one. How do we experience miracles of provision? It's handle the blessing with care. So you're gonna check your motives. Is my mo are my motives eternity? Is it about reaching people? Then I'm gonna make sure that I, I embrace my gifts. I'm gonna use my job for God's glory. And then number three, when God blesses my life, 
So when you pray, you have that lack of a relationship, then you get that relationship, I'm going to handle it with care. When you get those finances, you're going to handle it with care because how you handle what God's giving you now determines what you get next. And here's what I've realized in life is most people are not experiencing blessing right now because they haven't been faithful before. And God's a good steward of his stuff and of his resources, of his people. And so if you're asking God for it, you gotta make a decision. If God, if you give it to me, I'm gonna be a good steward of it. I'm thankful for our eight campuses. I'm thankful for the blessing of God. And I'm praying God over our church all the time. God, let us be good stewards of every single dollar, every single campus, because we're at eight, but I think we're eventually gonna be at 30. And the only way we're gonna get to 30 is that we're faithful with the eight. It's the same thing with your life. Look what he said in this passage. He says, so that we don't cause offense, he goes, go, take your line, throw it out there, and then take the fish that you catch, open its mouth, and you're gonna find a four drachma coin inside. Now, I want you to understand this, and we're gonna close this thing out. Look at this. If I was Peter, I would sit there and go, I know how this works. I know how this works. The fish comes, and I would take that fish and go, okay, now this is one fish. I probably need however many hundreds of these to pay for four days worth of wages. But that's not what God said. God said, you just take the one I've given you, and then the one I've given you is the miracle you need. Some of you, you keep asking for more, and God's saying, don't worry about more. Be faithful with what I've given you now. Now, like the one he's given you, the one job you got right now, be faithful with that. The, 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 the child you got right now, be faithful with that. The time you got right now, be faithful with that. God cares about what he's given each of us right now. And that's how we experience blessing in our life. I wrote it down this way. Prosperity or blessing in your life is a byproduct of effective management of whatever God provides. He's told you he would provide for you. He told you he'd come through for you. But if you want overwhelming blessing in your life, you want more in your life, you gotta learn to handle with care what God's giving you. That's why Paul says it this way to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. In other words, don't put your hope in the fact, like Peter's not walking around going, I'm the guy that can fish and there's coins in the mouth. Look what I can do. Because let me tell you, his hope is not in the fish with the coin's mouth, the coin in the fish's mouth. His hope is in the one who said to go and fish and find the coin. See, Jesus is the hope. So don't put your hope in the money or your wealth or your talent or your abilities. No, no, no but put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Can we thank him that he provides for us? Can we thank him that he's our provider? Can we thank him that he'll always come through for us? He's good. He's good. One one quick story, then we're almost done. Abraham and the scriptures, you know, he's the father of faith. And one of the big tests that Abraham was given was to sacrifice his son, Isaac. So he takes Isaac and says, Isaac, we're gonna go to the top and we're gonna give a sacrifice to the Lord. So as they're rocking up the mountain, (laughs) Isaac looks to his dad and says, "Uh, so where's the sacrifice that we're gonna give? And uh, Abraham looks at his son, who he knows is the sacrifice. And he says this phrase that's so beautiful. He says, the Lord will provide. That phrase in the Hebrew is this phrase, Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're struggling with today, but God will provide for you. Now, it might look unique. It might look, changing up your work ethic. It might look difficult sometimes, 
But I think we need to have a moment where we go to Jehovah Jireh and ask him to provide for us. Uh, <laughs> two weeks ago, my son came in on a Sunday night and he, uh, he came in, it's exhausted. I preached five, day, five services, it was an exhausting weekend. He came up to me after and he comes up into my room and I'm just like vegging out. And he says, Dad, how was church today? I said, oh, it's good, it's a good day. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, what did you preach about today? Now my son's six, okay? This is not a normal conversation that we have. I would love to say this is our normal theological depth conversation, it's not. And I, it was the Sunday I preached, I think it was two or three weeks ago, where I preached on deliverance. Do you remember this message where the, the guy was with all the demons and the demons went into the pigs and the pigs all died? So I explained that to my son for like five minutes, my message on deliverance. And he's like, oh, okay. And then I was like, and then we just sat there awkwardly looking at each other. And I go, well, maybe he wants me to ask him a question. So I said, son, so what did you learn today in church? And then he gave his lesson from reading kids. It was awesome. And he told it in like a sentence. Oh, we learned about this. I go, oh, that's great. And then he just stood there and looked at me. And I was like, I'm missing something. I'm missing something in this moment. So he looks at me and then he finally says this. (laughs) So did you use any like toys in your sermon today? (laughs) Now you might not have been here, but in that illustration, I used a Spider-Man on the stage. And somebody at Radiant Kids told him that your dad had a Spider-Man on the stage that day. He's been playing me for 10 minutes, acting like, hey, I'm interested in your sermon and in the theology of demonology and all this stuff. He had no care about any of that. He wanted the Spider-Man. And you know what I did as a father? I got out of my bed. I got to my car. I ran through the back of it. I looked and I found that Spider-Man and I joyfully, gave it to my son who asked me for it. You know why? Because I'm a good dad. The Bible says it this way. If you then, though you are evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? I don't know who needs it today, but why don't you stand your feet all over Tampa Bay and let's have a moment. Come on, with hands stretched towards heaven to say, God, we look to you to provide. If you need a job, ask them for it. If you need a breakthrough in your finances, ask them for it. If you need healing in your body, ask them for it. If you need a breakthrough in your relationships, ask them for it. He is a God that is willing to provide our needs according to His riches and His glory in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's sing it together. Let's go.
what we have when we're in need is that we got to ask. We got to ask. We got to ask our provider. Say, God, would you make a way? Now, that way that he makes might be the check in the mail. But what I've learned in life is it's normally he's going to teach you how to do your work better. He's going to learn me and teach you how to, how to get that promotion, how to come through, how to handle your finances better. But he is our provider. And he'll come through for you. Lord, I pray for your people today. We receive your word that you are our provider, that you care about the crazy details of our life. And we ask you to provide. Lord, I especially want to pray for those who need a job right now. They're in between employment or they're, they're believing for a, a, a change in employment, God, and, and I, they're just believing you. God, I pray over them right now that you would supernaturally lead and guide their life. Where you guide, you provide. So I pray for supernatural open doors. Let them honor you. Continue to honor you. And we believe you that you're going to do that miracle in their life in an amazing way. And it's going to be a testimony to the world of your provision. Lord, those who are needing housing, those who are needing a relationship, do a miracle in their life. We trust you. Come on, just right there in your seat, just tell them, say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And watch, just say it one more time. God, I trust you. And that weight of stress lifts because he daily bears our burdens and takes care of us. If you're here today, you don't have a relationship with Christ, we never want to end a service without giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Yes to giving him your life. He was the sacrifice needed for our sins. And he's the one that'll provide and take care of you in ways you never thought was possible. But it starts with you surrendering your life to him. If that's you on the count of three, why don't you throw that hand up and say, Aaron, today's my day. I'm giving Jesus my life. And watch how he'll meet you. One, two, three. Throw those hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at all of our campuses. You can put that hand right back down. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. Mean it in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin, my past, my shame. I give it all to you. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.